When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Easter and welcome back to the What It Ball Egg podcast. Uh, my name is Andy Waterson, as normal. Forgot who I was there for a second. <laughs> and, uh, I'm joined as ever by Gary Clark. How are we doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you? It sounds like someone's pissed in your cornflakes. The way you've introduced that there. <laughs> yeah, Reed. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've just yeah, I've spent the day watching our Prime Minister squirm and say that he's sorry for unknowingly have a having a party and all that, and he's still going to be our Prime Minister. But that, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Burnley. And once again, we've got Dan Millhouse from um, Turf Millhouse on Twitter. How are we doing, Dan? I'm all right. I've had better weekends, let's say that. Definitely. definitely. I mean, you're full of cold as well, aren't you, mate? So it's it's literally yeah. like, you know, beating a man while he's down at the minute, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's just... My mum's, I'm still waiting for a message from my mum. She's had an operation today. It was her birthday yesterday, so it seems it's just filtering through the family. I'm waiting for my sister to tell me she's clinically obese, although when you look at her, you, you can already tell. <laughs> we send our best wishes out to uh, the dance mum and sister there. Then. <laughs> well, let's get straight into it. Obviously, uh, Thursday last week was the news that broke well, Burnley had parted ways with Sean Dyche. Uh, obviously, the I think the footballing world was just rejoiced in absolute shock. Um, you know, Dyche has, has stabilised Burnley, you know, led them to the, to the Premier League, stabilised Burnley. I mean, this is, what, the sixth season, Dan, now? And, you know, they've been in Europe, they've, they've, you know, with the lowest budget in the Premier League, comfortably the lowest budget in the Premier League. And, yeah, this season's looked as if it might be one step too far, but... Let's just get your thoughts on what on earth happened there and what was what was your reactions to his second? Um, I'll be totally honest with you. I was sat in the front room. I was playing a game with the kids. Um, literally, just sat down. My phone's quiet as anything. Next minute, I'm thinking I'm getting a phone call. My phone's going off left, right and centre. I've got people saying, that's very strange. I've got people saying, like, what the F? Uh and like stop, make it stop on certain messages. And I'm thinking of having hacked. There's all these like messages going through to different people. And then it's only when I opened a message via Twitter that I actually saw Burnley's Twitter account say club statement. So I had to take a second look to see if there were a verification tick thought somebody like pulling me pisser a little bit. 
And it turns out they weren't. And I almost had to just pick my jaw up off the floor. Uh, I was shocked. Um, I couldn't sort of register it. I mean, the guy's been at the club for 10 years, well, just short of 10 years. It's like having a family pet, you know, and, you know, they, they eventually pop the clogs. In, in, in a nutshell, it's hard, it's, it's hard to take. It's a bit of pill to swallow. Um, I'm coming up 31 this year. You know, I were only 20 going turning 21 when he was here. So for 10 years of my life, I've known Dash be at the helm. It's it's such a strange feeling because, I mean, even looking from the outside, you guys will probably think, when you think Burnley, you think Dash. And then when you think Dash, you think Burnley. It's almost like he's Mr. Burnley. Burnley's not just the football club's representative, but he's the man who speaks on behalf of the town. And uh, to lose such a figure like that in the way it's happened, one, I think it's... Uh, I think there's definitely something going on behind closed doors because the, the way it's been put, the way it's been put, with only a 59-word club statement, no thank you, no nothing, nothing from players on Insta stories and stuff like that, saying, you know, thanks for everything you've helped me out with, boss. It's it's got to have been something big behind behind closed doors. So time will tell, and I'm sure news will first start filtering out, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not really over it. I'm still quite shocked, devastated. Because when people say to me now, "Who's going to, you know, who's the best person to get you out of relegation in those next, you know, seven games now?" and I tell them Sean Dash still because he really was, in my eyes, the man to get us out of it. It's just strange how he's gone now. Strange timing. Yeah, Gary. Obviously, me, me and yourself have conversations about this nearly much every time a manager gets sacked. But obviously, when we'll go to our team, we'll go to Lee Johnson. When Lee Johnson was sacked, I mean, you had very different opinions on that. But let, let's let's go on to Dice. I mean, yes, Burnley, a third off bottom in the Premier League. Yes, you know this looks as if the season where the the might go down. It's, it's in fact it's it's looking pretty, you know, pretty much you know. Okay. It's looking like, yeah, it's looking pretty certain. You know, Everton have, have pulled the rabbit out of the hat beating Manchester United, even though Everton have a really, really tough running. But Dan's just hit the nail on the head there. Who else is going to get them out of this hole? None of them, Sean Dyche, isn't it? So, really, what what was your opinion on all that? Uh, well, when I was working at the time, I got the, the Sky Sports notification saying that, well, it was just a two line sentence, wasn't it? It was just uh, Bernie of sacked Sean Dyche. Um, with immediate effect and I was like absolutely shocked and then our last message was as well and she was like but Bernie's got rid of Dice and I was like absolutely like unbelievable like I, I couldn't believe it I mean he has had a long innings he's been there 10 years but it, much like um you know Dan's touched on he, he's, he's Mr Burnley um you know he's a character you know he's, he's loved um I was shocked and He's a, at the end of the day, he's, he's a relegation specialist. For the last couple of seasons, Burnley haven't exactly been in the greatest position, but he's always found a way of, you know, surviving. Um, Do Burnley probably need a rebuild? Yeah, I'd probably say they do, and I'd probably say Sean Dyche was the right man for it if this season was the season they were going to go down. Um, But personally, I would have stuck with him because he would have been the man to get you back up, and I think he would have rebuilt the team. Maybe a little bit better over the next two, three years. I mean, that starts, I think, with, you know, Maxwell Corney. You know, I don't think he would stay if um, Bernie went down. But, you no, know, me his, neither. Me his, neither. His return over 21 games, I think he's got seven goals, is is unbelievable. And um, I was quite a fan of him when he was at Lyon, to be honest. Um, but if the team goes down, you know, it's time for a rebuild. But 
I think Dice would have got would have got Burnley back up in my honest opinion. I'm I'm shocked and you know, I think that the game is it's a little it's a little bit less without him because he's just he's a character. Like the comments he made about Everton when he said at half time, I don't think these know how to win. I was like, You you rarely get that these days, like and I just think it's hilarious. Oh. I, I thought that was a hilarious comment. Go on, Dan, mate, if you had something to say there, sorry. No, it's, as I say, it's such a bitter pill to swallow. Is we were we were bottom of the league. We extended his contract by four years, and we were rock bottom at that point. And then you're four points away from safety with eight games to go, and it's like, uh, yeah, let's go in a different direction. I mean, for what the man has done, as I say, just short of ten years. I look back to when we had Stan Turner, and even at the end of the season, we told him, OK, we're not renewing your contract. We're going to let you see the season out. You know, the fans can give you a lap of honour, say thank you and goodbye for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. That's the least that the man deserved, the bare minimum the man deserved. And what he's got is a board that, when they came in, was like, us and Sean are on the same page, everything's fine. And now it seems like it's just gone to pot. And I, I can't quite put my finger on why or how, uh, what's what's gone on. Something internally has got to have been done. As I say, who's to say it's not a player revolt? You know, we all know nowadays, you know, that um, player power can be quite big in the Premier League when it comes to things. Now, I mean, okay, some of it, some of the stuff that he does is his football was. I don't know, I've I've called him a tactical dinosaur before because he, he doesn't like changing things. It's all like for like this and. Stuff like that, but he's he's the best man to do, you know, to get us out of this mess. And I'm hoping now, if it is a player revolt, that this is where the players actually, you know, put a firework up the backside, light it, and hopefully for the next eight, for the next seven games, you know, give us a a cracker of a performance. But we're not going to get that, I don't feel, because I mean Thursday. Let's take Thursday into into matter of hands, you know, the game against Southampton, first game back at Turf Moor, not seeing Dash on the dugout, is going to be very weird, very strange. And if Alan Pace is in attendance, I'd love to see the reception. Yeah, I mean, let's go on to the owners, because obviously, you know, the, the takeover that happened at the start of the year, um, obviously there's there's question marks on, you know, the legalities and everything like that, isn't it? The way that they've, they've taken over. Now, it strikes to me that, They've basically looked at what's happened in previous years in the Premier League where clubs have sacked managers with, you know, 10, 11 games to go. Hell, me and Gary Sonnen fans, this, this was this was the this was the the norm for us. You know, we'd struggle until March, April, sack the manager, some, some other manager comes in, wins six out of eight games or something or other, and then like and then we, we managed to stay up and there's only so much there's only so amount of times that happened work, but Going into the ownership kind of thing, it seems to me that the owners don't get what Burnley as a town is about. Yeah, as I said, I can only say one of Sean Dash's lines, which, to be honest with you, was, you know, when somebody in Burnley gets kicked, the whole town limps. That is the best thing Sean Dash probably ever came out with, because it does. You know, we are only a small town. We are close-knit. You know, you walk around the town, you'd barely see Man United, Liverpool and Chelsea shirts. It's all people wearing Burnley shirts. And it's nice It's nice to see, to have that sort of community so close-knit. Uh, but that's down to his management, the things he's done, not just for the football club, but 
the revenue that's come into the stadium. You know, it's not just been filtered throughout the club, it's gone into, back into the economy of the town, helped us out through lockdown and stuff like that. So you look at it from a business perspective as well. You know, the things he's done, he's, he's almost a manager of a dying breed. You know, these managers that used to come in, they used to tell the chairman what to do or I want this to be improved because it will help sustain the club in future years. It will take them to the next level. You know, we saw that when he when he asked about a brand new training facility and we managed to get that. So, Dash has worked wonders. As I said, the minimal he deserves was at least, you know, a good send-off. But uh, I, I think the guy needs, deserves a statue. Exactly what um, Thomas Frank said at Brentford. The man deserves a statue. Yeah, I mean, my, my words were... I had two words, and it was effing madness, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I'm trying not to get us uh, that many... Uh, <laughs> that many 50p's Gary so I'm not going to swear um, but that, that's what I thought it was and, and and Gary this is another one for you about it's it's ownerships and all that and we've gone on this podcast many many times going on about ownerships this that and the other and you know the Americans that are coming in you know obviously the Saudis that are coming in you know other other people from other countries who are coming in who don't really get the club and, and again there's so many similarities that I make with Sunderland here and Ellis Shaw came into to Sunderland didn't particularly get what the city was about you know where you know I mean you can make so many similarities to Sunderland and Burnley where we're you know working class you know Ask people who live and work to go and watch the team on a Saturday, and then to see an owner who's coming in who doesn't really get that is quite sad, I think. And it really goes down to should these be doing more of the homework before they're coming in? Yeah, I think it comes down to respect, or should I say, lack of respect. I mean, I think you know, the way general ownership goes for football clubs right now is people want to come in, and the, the people that are coming in are just looking to make financially, you know, a fast book. And the it's like you say, don't really understand the club, don't understand the culture, don't understand the city, don't understand the people. Um, the and and their argument is, is we want to bring success to this club and we want to develop the city and we want to develop the training ground and you know have a great relationship with the supporters. But having a great relationship with the supporters doesn't start with you know sacking managers left, right, and centre. I mean. Burnley is one of the few clubs that have not done it. Now. Sorry, Gary, he's got a massive job on his hands now. Oh, 100%. If on his side, he has got to pull a rabbit out the hat. You know, going back off what you said, you know, Everton pulled a rabbit out the hat against Man United. He's got to pull something gigantic out of that hat. And I'm not, you know, if if we stay up now, do we look at it and think it's a, a master stroke? Probably not. We'll just say, you know what, mate, you got lucky. Next time, you know, maybe not so much. But... He came in, when he came in, he actually said that he had a plan for if we got relegated. Now, all of a sudden, his tunes changed this season, and it's a case of, well, you know, we'll have to sell players. And I'm thinking, we've already got God knows how many players out of contract. We've already got, you know, we're going to lose our big hitters. Okay, we'll get a, a good amount of money for them. But the structure of the corner deal is weird for me. The relegation release clause for under ten million is pocket money for any other Premier League club to snap up. Yeah, yeah. I think any club would want him if it's under ten million, to be honest, because he's a cracking player. Um, but Dan, I've got a question for you. I mean, obviously, you know, let's look at Everton over the last couple of seasons. There's been a massive change there where they are kind of chopping, changing managers. Watford have been doing it for years. I mean, do you think Burnley's going to potentially go down that route over the next couple of seasons to try and find the right person, or do you think they're going to have some loyalty to the next guy that comes in? 
I hope they have loyalty. I really do, because we're not known as a club that goes through managers like they, you know, um, underwear and socks, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, we, 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 Sean, well, for instance, Sean Dash was the longest serving manager in the Premier League. You know, it was third in the old time of the 92. So you're almost thinking, right, well, we need somebody who's going to have that longevity, but take us to that next level now. And I, I don't know where at the moment, as I say, go back five or six years, you had a conveyor battle managers that were in and out of jobs, left, right and centre, pretty much of Burnley's calibre. But now even they've dropped their careers. You know, you see Mark Hughes at Bradford now in League Two. Um, Ian Holloway is down in the dundrums of football. Uh, Gary jo- Lee Johnson's dad, Gary Johnson's now down there. You know, these were managers that ha- had high reputations at one point five or six years ago. And now you're having to try and surprise a manager out of a job because the managers that are out of work at the moment haven't got the capabilities or the knack of managing in the Premier League. Let's go on to, you know, the the successor, really. I mean, what, what's going to happen until the end of the season? Obviously, I believe that the, the current managerial... Um, current managerial appointments who are in there at the moment are going to take charge of Thursday. But, I mean, yeah. like, the, what's going on? I, I, I you expect a firefighter to come in and just try and say, right, you've got two months until the end of the season. Uh, if you survive till the end of the season, you can have a year. Or are you expecting, like, kind of the, the towels being thrown in, really? Um, which, to be fair, only four points, well, three points now off after the point, after the point on Sunday. Are you expecting it to be a younger manager, you know, like like a Lee Johnson or something like that, to come in and, and try and change, you know, the kind of the football and style of what Burnley are at the moment? Um, personally, I'd I'd say somebody like Chris Wilder would be a good solid Burnley option. It sticks with that sort of British model that we've had. Now I don't know whether that's Alan Pace's model because nobody knows what Alan Pace is on Alan Pace's mind at the moment. Mm. Um. Chris Wilder's the one that screams out for me and he hasn't recently come out in interviews and said, I don't want to talk about it, but he's not really shut the rumours off. Uh, you know, Big Sam, I can understand that link straight away. You know, eight games to go, who do you call Who do you call on? And you call on someone like Big Sam to come in. But apparently we've been in, uh, Alan Pace has been around Europe today speaking to someone. Uh, rumours it's, uh, is it Nutson or something? Mark uh, Nutson. Or whatever he's called, yeah. yeah. Yeah, apparently we've been speaking to him, but there's also rumours that we've been speaking to Vincent Company at Anderlecht as well, which I think is a bit of a strange one. Because I thought outside of the box, I thought, right, Alan Pace is he's trying to bring all this Americanised stuff over to the UK. So I thought, right, is he going to look down Burnley's history, but then look at the MLS? And I thought Orlando City's manager is Adrian Heath, who used to play for the club. Um... You know, is there going to be a link there? But it's not even been rumoured, to be honest. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I can't see what. I think we need an attacking-minded manager. As much as we've been very good defensively, we need somebody that's going to get us a little bit of firepower up top. Get rid of the deadwood. Get rid of the likes of Ashley Barnes. Sod the sentiment. Get rid of Jay Rodriguez as well. I don't care whether you're a Burnley boy or not. Um, you know, they're all getting older. You can't just have them there for sentimental reasons. So, yeah, for me, I'd say Chris Wilder's probably the safer option. Um, Would I have had Rooney? Probably just for the name-pulling power, which is technically for the wrong reasons. 
But uh, yeah, Wilder is the is my personal choice. But I've not seen much of that nuts and guy, to be honest. So, I mean, when Dash walked through the door, I went, really? Burnley? Cheap option? The guy's not even got any managerial experience. And <laughs> put it one way, 10 years later, he shook my mouth, and he so. Yeah, it, it is a strange one, Gary, because it, it's on one hand, you know, if they want to bring in a manager to, to keep them up, then Allardyce is probably, you know, the, the, the one that you're going to go to. But... Allardyce has been out of football a little while now. You know, he, he I think his last job was at Everton. I think his last job was at, you know, he's been out of football a little while. Surely, you, you, if you're going to dispense with, with Dyche at the end of the season, that's fine. If that's what the idea was, keep him in for seven games, you know, see, let him see the job out. If they go down, they go down and he goes out, you know, with his head held high. I'm sure he's being paid off with a, a nice little settlement, which will, which will probably set him up, you know what I mean? I'm sure he'll get another job. Um, I'm sure he'll get a, a relatively good job as well. But... He's got a four-year contract extension, and literally, what, three, four months ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll be laughing all the way at the bank. Bless him, I know he's not that kind of bloke, you know what I mean? Because he will be genuinely gutted, I think. But, like, he'd be laughing all about the band. You look at, like, the likes of Steve Bruce, who, who, who got sacked from Newcastle. He'd signed a, a hell of a deal. Um, but, yeah, like, like Gary, he's, he's the question, sorry. Like, do you go for an Allardyce? Or what What would have been best off? Go for, like, someone like Allardyce. Or just stick with Sean Dyche. As, oh, no. that, that's why I just think it's mad. Like, oh, we're going to bring in, say, oh, look, we're looking at Allardyce or whatever. But they've got a guy that already made guy for the job, who they've just sacked. It's, I just find it, I find it absolutely mental. I really do. Well, I would have personally stuck with Dice, to be honest. I mean, uh, Al Dice was at West Brom, couldn't keep West Brom up. I think maybe for him, I, as far as I was aware, he, he said he was leaving West Brom at the end of the season, which granted he did, and I thought he was going to be retiring. But yeah. I think Dice they should give Dice the end of the season. Let Dice walk away in the summer if. He wanted to, and if Burnley didn't stay up, but um, going back to what Dan was saying, um, Wilder's the favourite for the job, but someone that you did mention was Vincent Company, um, who is doing a really good job at Angela. But I'll be honest, I think he's going to be the next Man City manager. Um, but I'd love to see him in the Premier League as a manager. Um, Wilder, I think Wilder should have a bit more loyalty towards Middlesbrough, albeit he would be a good fit for Burnley. I agree. Um, but. I would have still personally with Dyche, in my honest opinion. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that, that, Dan, that's what makes it so, like, so confusing to, to a fan outside looking in, I'm sure, from a Burnley fan, was, hang on, they've got a ready-made guy who's been there, done that, and got the T-shirt with Burnley. It's, it just doesn't make sense, does it? Pardon me. No, it's, it, I, I just want to be a fly on the wall. It's almost now we're all scratching ourselves wanting to know what the heck has happened? What has yeah. gone on? What has brought this on to have caused a mass exodus? Because it wasn't just Dash, the assistant manager went. Our goalkeeping coach, Billy Mercer, he's the he's the main man who's turned two or three of our goalkeepers into England internationals, you know, um, Irish internationals as well. And thinking, shit, what a big loss. But uh, we found out as well in the bulk of it, there's about four members that have gone. There was also one that wasn't mentioned in the club statement, which was our first team head physio. He also got the job. So we're thinking, right, you've completely whacked out the whole, you know, um, bench on a match day. Where, do you, where are you going now? There's rumours apparently we're after a director of football. Now, I wonder if that's got a little say in things. Mm -hmm. Maybe Dash didn't want to work under somebody telling him what he can and can't do or 
who we can and can't buy. You know, we, we've been we've tried to do that under Mark Garlic. We brought in Mark Rigg, and he, he well, let's just say he, he hid in the background and did nothing. Um, so, are we going to get somebody in that's in constant dialogue with Alan Pace? Was any of those signings in terms of Outberg Horst and Maxwell Corney dash signings over the you know via the boardroom? There's a lot of questions you could ask about it. I mean. From what we've seen of Pace prior to the sacking of Dash, things have been all right. You know, the, it, it's not really ripped anything up. Okay, he's brought all his fancy LED lighting in and he's done up all the hospitality suites and things. So he's, he's gradually started to do things to help the club sustain the sustainable. Um, he's been doing putting out little you know pamphlets out here and there saying, "Can we go green in this aspect? What's the people's thoughts?" So he has been engaging with the supporters, but the, I can't get over this Dash thing. I really can't. I see. I still see people now saying that how much they're still shocked that it's only today that they're, they're over the shock and they're now angry. You know, I'm still not. I'm still sort of shocked, taken back, devastated. As that game on Sunday against West Ham, I'm just like, right, this should be a barrel of laughs. And to be fair, we did put in a good performance. Yeah, probably deserved to win, I would say. I know West Ham once equalised, really did, you know. They, they did come at you, and, and to be fair, Nick Pope's made two or three fantastic saves. I mean, the one at the end uh, from, I think it was Antonio, was was a brilliant save. But, I mean, even I, after, you know, losing Ashley Westwood, which was an absolutely horrific injury, you would have expected but like any team really there to, to, to really just fold over. And instead, I mean, it was as soon as the stoppage had finished, wasn't it? Burnley were ahead. So it was a, a really good um, response, I would say, on Sunday. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, as you said there, right, so we could have had our heads down and just thought, oh, God, like, we've lost a big player there. The way that the injury came about, you could see the devastation on Vlasic's face. He, he was heartbroken at the fact that it that Ashley Westwood's leg's straight, but his foot's a quarter past. It was just, you know, it, it was madness, absolute mad injury. Um, on the flip side of that, a lot of fans on social media have been saying, oh, Ashley Westwood needs to get out of the first team, give Jack Corker a run in. Obviously, we wouldn't have wanted it in the way we have. Um, but our thoughts go out to him because, you know, your career in football is all down to your legs and uh, fingers crossed it's not going to end his career. Although half of the Burnley squad's at the back end of theirs anyway, so it won't surprise me. But we, we go again. We go again. And uh, as I, said, I, I, I don't understand the penalty decision, me. I don't understand that. Jay Rodriguez picks the ball for the penalty. And Corner grips it out of his hand and takes it and makes an absolute hash of it. So it cost, it cost us the game, but yeah, I think we did well in terms of the way that West Ham have played this season. They're on a high from the win at Leon. They've come back to a hero's welcome, pretty much. It's you know the London Stadium was like an open top bus parade for for Mark Noble and Declan Rice and all that lot. So yeah, for a, a very good point. I'd, I'd take the point. Obviously, when you look at what's happened, a point's decent, but Thursday night is it's strange. It's almost going to be one of those play the game, not the occasion situations from a fan perspective. Yeah, it, it is. It is must win, though, isn't it? Really, on the uh, on the basis of of going up, staying down. Uh, sorry, staying up, going down. There we go. Okay, let's go the right way. Um, Gary, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Will Burnley still? No. 
because I think there's been too much unrest now for the fans to understand what what a new what the new manager is going to be able to do or what even the philosophy of the board is anymore. Um, I I feel like that's going to cause general confusion every in every aspect of of Burnley Football Club. Um, so no, I don't think they're going to stay up, regardless of whether or not Everton's got a hard run. I just I think it's gonna it's they shouldn't have sacked him. They shouldn't have sacked him because I honestly believe if they if they stayed, they would have stayed up, and I think Everton would have definitely got dragged into it. Um, I think it's too much now for, for to expect Burnley to stay up. But Dan, I do have a question for you. Whether you stay up or whether you go down, who do you rebuild your team around? I'd rebuild it around Veghorst, to be honest. Uh, I think with the fact that it was a January standing, if we do go down, we're going to lose key players. I don't think we'll lose Veghorst, to be honest. Because he's not really ripped it up. Okay, first two or three games he did all right. He slotted in well. But we were on a run of form at that time. And it's weird to say because I, I don't remember much of us having a run of form this season. Uh, he's he's almost like a Harry Kane type player. He likes to drop back into the centre of the park, give our wingers chance to bolt that, push on a bit and bolt forward. So I'd like to see us take sort of a Spurs approach to it. I know they've not won much, but you know, I look at it and think, if we can do that and still get an end result and it's pillaged to his strengths, then we're going to see more. I've said it to a few people now, the guy's six foot seven, he's the, he's the epitome of the film White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> he is crap with his head. And I say that, I, I, even as much as I say that, and I know he got the, the goal on Sunday you know, by a header, Still, that's the first time I've actually seen him connect with the head, with the, uh, with the ball to his head, to be honest. And uh, yeah, model it around Vegas, and I think you won't go far wrong. As I say, I, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I don't think we've got enough to stay up. We really don't. And I don't think we'll be back the season after either. Yeah, that, that was that was my question next for you, Dan, just to put you on the spot. If should shouldn't when it when it does happen, I mean, to be honest, I think there's another surprise in the tale. To be honest, I'm just looking at Everton's running; it's it's absolutely horrific. And if you can pick up a win on Thursday, it just puts them it really just put the pressure back on. Um, but say you never say if the relegation does happen and. Next year, you know, the because there's going to be, we've all seen it with relegations, there's going to be, you know, a lot of outs, you know, and more ins who, you know, aren't that, that much Premier League quality. And obviously, there's been a new manager. Um, we've seen what's going on this season down in, in the Championship. I mean, it's such a difficult league now to get out of. You're looking at, like, obviously, Fulham have done really well under under um, Mitrovic, obviously, getting all those goals. Um, but then you're looking at, like, and our Bournemouth have come back up, but they've had the parachute payment money, which I know Burnley will get. But then you look at the playoffs, it's like Notts Forest, you know, Luton, you know, Borough who were, who were playing well, Huddersfield, you know, all those teams, if they don't come up, um, they're going to be there or thereabouts. And then you've got, you know, there's teams who are licking the wounds. I mean, look at Stoke have had a bad season, Blackburn who've just tailed off, QPR have tailed off. I mean, it, it's such a hard league, isn't it? So next year, is it about just a rebuild, get everything financially secure and then go again? Yeah, you, you've got to look at teams like Leicester, Southampton, Leeds, you know, that dropped down the divisions and they did. They pretty much rebuilt the club. Um, we've got to do something like that 
look at Derby and Barnsley last season. They were fighting for playoff spots. They both, you know, Derby's already gone. Barnsley's pretty much a game away from being classed as relegated as well. So it's it's a it's a mad league, is the championship, and as you, as you alluded to, it's very 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 difficult to get out of. I don't think we've got the the balls to do it. Pretty much, um, I think we'll be knackered. As I said, Turf Moor's become a retirement centre. We're practically full of OAPs. They're not going to be able to keep up with the demands of you know midweek weekend, midweek weekend every 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 week. It's going to kill them. Yeah. It's going to kill them. And uh, as I say, we will see Sean Dash in the Premier League before we see Burnley back in the Premier League. I can tell you that now. Yeah, another question really regarding Dash. Where do you see him next? You know, is there a job that's kind of jumping out at you, you know, uh, to to go to uh, next year? Uh, I, well, I like I like a little flutter at the bookies every now and again. I know he's odds on for uh, Gareth Southgate's job if anything happens in that front. But, you know, I, it's hard to say. It really is hard to say. I'd like to see him somewhere at like an Arsenal. Mm. And I, I know that sounds really odd, but he's almost got that George Graham philosophy about him. And it could it, that could serve Arsenal pretty much well going back to their roots instead of trying to do what they're doing at the moment where they're literally Arteta in, Arteta out. Honestly, the, the okie-cokie must be overplayed at, at the Emirates. So, yeah, something like Arsenal, but being realistic, cause I can't see him getting one of those jobs. One of the promoted sides would be decent. You know, even if... I mean, West Brom's not even a bad job. I know he's been linked with that if Steve Bruce doesn't stay on. Yeah. That's not a bad job. Maybe he could do a job for West Brom in terms of... I know they call them the boing-boing baggies and that's because they're up and down like a yo-yo, but maybe you could actually give them some you know, stability by taking them up and having them up there for a good couple of seasons. So that's not a bad job. Uh, yeah, I'll go West Brom ideally, but I wouldn't like to see him drop to the Championship. I'd hate for us to be in the Championship next season and come up against him. I think he deserves better, especially with what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at like someone like Leicester, you know, like obviously, you know, I know that they've had a really bad season. Well, not a bad season, but the ninth, you know, I know they were expecting to, you know, go a little bit further than that. Um, and I've completely forgot the call. Leicester's manager, Brendan. Brendan Rogers. <laughs> Can we help us out? Brendan Rogers. That's him, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, edit that one, mate, please. <laughs> um, yeah, you look like Brendan Rodgers. He's always like looked upon that he'll take that next step, won't he? You know, after what happened with him at Liverpool, um, you know, he's he's ready for that next step, and one of the big six or whatever will go for him. So I can see him at Leicester. Um, you know, they're another club that they're a little bit like Burnley, where they, you know they're a good close knit, you know, family communal club. Someone like that, I think he'll, I think he'll do really well at. But I mean, I just want to, I know what both of you will say that, and just wish him all the best. I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job at Burnley, and he's brought European football to Turf Miller, which I'm, I'm sure Dan, you're, you're about our age, you know, in your thirties, sure you would never in your wildest dreams have thought that. Oh, never, never. I, me and a mate used to say when we were in the championship, and we're always prior to Christmas flirting around the playoffs. And then Christmas comes about and we just dropped off every year. And it's like, is this something at a boardroom like level saying, no, not this year. Let's 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 dumb it down a bit. Let's have a few bad results. Let's not go up this year. We're thinking, is, is this something going on? And then, as I say, since, since Kyle came in and, I, you know, from that day forward, we've been up and out of the Premier League a few times. But, yeah, it's... 
It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. There's one thing I will I will touch on. If it is a player revolt, lace your boots up because you've got rid of him now. You've 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 done your bit. If that if that's what you've wanted for you know because it's it's gone stale in your opinion. If it's gone stale in your opinion and you've got that power, then use that power on the football pitch. Let your boots do the talking. Keep us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. Uh... A really good way to end the Burnley chat, and we'll uh, we'll finish off as we always do with Ball and Ballig of the week. Um, Dan, I think I know what your ball is going to be, but we'll start with Baller, um, and you can go first with, with with that one. I'm sure you know all the rules by now. I do, I do. Um, you know what? I'm going to say I'm I'm going to give it to Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, it, it just, and I understand the controversial reasons. I mean, he, he got a hat trick, and on his day. You know, he's absolutely phenomenal, but everything that's just gone on in his life, um, you know, the recent passing of his baby boy uh, yesterday, I think he at least deserves some respect on his name, no matter, you know, we all have tantrums, we all do things, it's, you know, the phone incident, and I laugh about it now and say that Ronaldo's heat map was pretty much just his hands on that Everton fan's phone. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to Ronaldo just due to recent events because I think he at least deserves some credit no father should have to go through that I wholeheartedly agree you know, well, again we're all human as well we all make mistakes and I'm sure he, he does regret that but obviously we, we didn't know what was going on in the time and, and I, I'm not a father so you know, I can't imagine what he's going through it's you know, it's hard for him and his, and his wife it's absolutely tragic but um, Gary we'll, we'll go for your baller yeah um, obviously thoughts as well with Ronaldo and uh, Georgina Rodriguez like definitely um, not a nice thing to go through um, my baller was going to be Cristiano Ronaldo also but I'm, I'm going to change it up from a video I saw this morning on social media um, I'm going to give it uh, in my opinion someone who should be considered for coach of the year in the championship Wayne Rooney um, simply put, he had the hardest job of anyone at Derby, and he's done brilliant. You know, stick it out when he could have went to Everton. In all honesty, um, and just when I saw that video this morning where he was talking to the fans outside of, I think it was at the training ground, and just saying like, "We're sorry for what's happened. We will get back up, and we, you know, we will get back to where we need to be." And like, just the respect that he commands, like with players, with fans, like I just thought that was so classy. I cannot remember the last time I saw anything like that. And like fair play to him. I think he will stay at Derby next season as well. Even yeah, after the game, it's it's something and got sacked two days later. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you never know what might happen. Um but yeah, fair fair play to him. And to be fair, I mean Derby had the not have taken the point deduction away seventeenth in the league, so it just goes to show that you know they probably would have stayed up. Um, but he's yeah. had such a difficult He came out at the end of the game, didn't he? And the reporter asked him, you know, Derby County relegated to League One. How do you feel? And his first word was just proud. Proud, yeah, yeah. And I can totally understand that when you've got so many points, you know, deducted from you, and you've took it to the last two or three games. Good on you, mate. You deserve all the credit you deserve. You're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just hope that you know, as as a Sunderland fan, we get out of that league this year because they're gonna be a four. If the takeover goes ahead, 
they're going to be yeah. a hell of a force. I think that'll be straight back up if that takeover goes ahead because they'll be able to, you know, bring in a, a caliber player that League One hasn't seen before. So, and he's 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 going to do really well in his managerial career. I think Wayne Rooney. I really, I've really yeah, grown to like him this year. Um, every single press conference he's come out with, you just commend him. And and, and like what Gary says, he could have walked away six months ago, and he didn't. And um, I loved what he said about Mal Morris as well. I, I hope he doesn't sleep tonight. I that was. I like that little dig in as well. I thought it was good. Um, mine is going to an ex Sunderland player, actually, the Ginger Perlo, Jack Callback, for that goal <laughs> yesterday. Whether he meant that or not, which, to be honest, I don't think he did, but that was a bloody good goal, that man. I mean, like, it's just, when you see, I love those reactions of like, like when um, Ben Stokes caught um, a catch from Stuart Broad in the Ashes a few years ago when England were half decent at cricket. And when when they've got the hands on the heads, I just can't believe that like something like that's gone on. And to be fair, it was an absolutely phenomenal finish. So whether you're meant or not, Jack, you've won that for me. Um, great finish, well done. Um, we'll we'll go to ball, Eglin. Dan, I'm fairly confident this is going to be Burnley related, but surprise me. Yeah, um, Alan Pearce, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> what the hell? have you done to this football club? Um, people questioned you at the beginning when you came in. They thought, oh, he's a, another American owner. He'll play miss, He'll play the nice guy to begin with and then the asset stripping will start. Is this the beginning of that? I bloody well hope not. But yeah, you're, he's getting my ball leg of the week. Yeah, Gary? Uh, mine's more like ball aches of the week because like I don't I just like when I watch football now like I get really frustrated with players who just dive like and I just think like there should be some form of like besides obviously you know your standard like yellow card for diving you know potential red there needs to be some like an, another punishment for it like because it's just ridiculous I watched Chris Wood for, for Newcastle I think he, he tried to make out that he got pushed in the back when he fell over and I saw it yesterday as well when watching our game, man. And uh, Corey Evans put in a really good tackle in the box. And Plymouth were claiming for, claiming for a penalty. And don't get me wrong, I saw Jamie Tete make it, uh, have a little dive as well later on in the game. But I just think diving's just really like frustrating in the game at the moment. Mm, yeah, they don't do nothing about it, though. Like, it's like you said, it's, it's a yellow... Some, in that, you're looking for a yellow card now. You know, normally just tell them to get up. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you, you, you're not wrong there. It's it's creeping back in, isn't it? Like, it was bad a few years ago, wasn't it? And then it got ironed out a little bit. But it's creeping back in where players just falling down in the box. And VAR now is so, like, hit and miss. Sometimes they get it as, as, and sometimes they don't, especially in the Premier League. Obviously, League One, Championship... The referees are absolutely awful anyway, so I don't expect anything. I mean, I wouldn't. I've seen that incident going. Mean, I would not have been surprised if they got the penalty, to be yeah. honest. But um, fair play to the referee. I thought it was his um, first League One game, I think, yesterday, and he did really well, to be honest. Um, mine is um, a little bit of a funny one. My, I don't know if you guys have seen seen this, but my ball of the week goes to the poor post. Um, of Wimbledon's Plough Lane um, that got absolutely taken out by Adam Fenwell when he scored the equaliser for Wickham yesterday. I mean, the guy's just flung himself into the into the post to score the goal. I mean, we know how Adam Fenwell is. He's huge. <laughs> and I think the post's still wobbling, actually, you know. Uh, God bless it. So, um, great bravery by Adam Fenwell to score, but poor post. What's that, Siri? I think it was his final game as well before he retired. 
I think, yeah, I think it's it's he's definitely retiring. Yeah, I think he might have a few games left. Obviously, I would say his hasn't finished yet. Um, but you know, the, the playoffs down there, man, it's it's so tight. Uh, so tight. We're hoping hoping that crew can do something to fail. And I was highly doubt they will. But um, but well, yeah, apparently it's, I have it's seven in the league at the minute, like which is scary. <laughs> I know, I know, but we've got a game in hand. So, yeah. um, and Wigan, we've got to play Chef Wednesday on Saturday. So, one of them's got to lose. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll end. We'll probably have a playoff chat actually um, at the the end of the season. We'll get a few guests on and talk about playoffs because it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, Dan, I want to thank you again uh, for coming on, especially in such short notice, mate. Obviously, I think we only messaged you on Friday and. It's been a difficult uh, week, obviously, with with Daesh going, but thanks very much for coming back on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thank you uh, for giving me the opportunity. I love it being on here. So, uh, yeah, cheers to you both. Thank you very much. Well, we love having you as well, mate. Thanks very much. And Gary, as always, mate, we'll, I'll see you next week, but thank you so much, and thanks for cutting your trip to the beach off. Oh, no worries, mate. I was only late by a minute. But, uh, I, uh, Dan, being really good catching up with you again and just having just a good old rant about football. Really enjoyed it, mate. So, thanks for your time today as well. Cheers, you too, mate. Cheers. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, We will see you um, soon, hopefully. (laughs) Um, Yeah, until next time, thank you very much. Take care and good night. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network.